This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Today is July 2nd, and this is Red Sox Beat on the CLNS Media Network, and I am Jared Scally. Today, we will have Rob Bradford of WEI here alongside myself and Jess. All right, everyone, welcome into the show. Of course, Red Sox be here. CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Red Sox. Jess Thomas is back, being a father, a newborn baby. Jess, welcome home. Thanks. Yeah, first uh, first show here with the baby. He's ready. If you see on Twitter his, uh, his photo, he's got his headphones on. He's ready to talk some baseball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll talk some baseball this week, of course, uh, catch up with Jess. But we'll, right now we're going to bring in Rob Bradford of WEI and WEI.com, live from the stadium itself uh, as this David DePrice, Price debacle here on Sunday Night Baseball kind of goes down. Rob, how are we? Hey, what's going on? Hey, you never forget your first podcast as a father. I, I remember <laughs> it well. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad that you get to be our guest here on my first one. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, I, I am honored. Believe me, I am honored. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right, for being here. Rob, let's uh, let's jump into this David Price thing because uh, you know it kind of became a nice, easy topic for us to flow into. Um, obviously, we know what he's talked about all week and, and the, the crap that he laid into the media, uh, and then he comes out and lays the stinker at, right before our eyes tonight on Sunday Night Baseball. Just should he have made the comments? I mean, now he's going to basically sit in his bed and lie in it and he made he made this for himself just your take on the david price situation and obviously what you're watching tonight uh, as you're watching this game yeah i mean I, I think that like you said i think if you if you do things you have to be ready to back it up and i think the narrative was well as long as he pitches well it doesn't really make a difference and and we saw that in the postseason last year the postseason he was really really good and all these people who were booing him before got on their feet and they were cheering him but here's the biggest problem is that we knew that this game against the Yankees was going to be a pretty big swing one way or the other with David Price because you can check off the playoff thing, but you also have to check off the box that says Yankees on it, and he hasn't been able to do it. You, I mean, you have a guy after the first two innings today in Yankee Stadium with a 10-4-1 ERA as a member of the Red Sox and five stars. And we know that of all the things you cannot do as a Red Sox player, you know, you can't be bad, number one. But if, you, if you're if you good, the other thing you can't be is you can't be bad against the Yankees. And this Chuck's guys, I mean, juxtaposed it against Chris Sale last night. Chris Sale dominates the Yankees. And that's the, one of the reasons, among many, many reasons with Chris Sale, that you say that guy is worth the money. You have to be able to beat the Yankees. So, then, Rob, if you look into it then for – next steps now obviously he's not going to recollect this start right it's it's garbage hopefully the offense bails them out tonight but moving forward now what what does this do for david price can he can anyone really trust him again because it honestly it looks like to me someone told him this was a playoff start and that's kind of why <laughs> like like he literally just mentally was not prepared for this game at least it seemed well you know i, I think that you know you look at the playoff I mean, he was really good in the playoffs last year as a, as a reliever like i said you sort of checked off that box and 
and I still I know that people still want him to go and start and be good in the playoffs. But the the one thing that's undeniable is the Yankees thing, and and so we can talk about him not making or having pitching that inning earlier in the year and blowing up after one inning. We can talk about not making that start early, uh, about a month ago because of the hand thing. We can talk all about that, but he was getting his chance here to basically say, I can function. I can do what I did against Houston. I can do what I did uh, for the last five or six starts. I can do that at Yankee Stadium against the Yankees. And you didn't do it. So what does that mean going forward? That means to me that if you're presented with that opportunity, that you have this guy in a big game, that you have to pitch him in Yankee Stadium, you've lost benefit of the doubt. I mean, I don't usually go down this road of, of saying that you, ha- you, 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 know, you have to have a guy shy away from a place because usually it turns. But the proof is there now. This guy cannot pitch at Yankee Stadium for whatever reason. And really, he might not be able to pitch against the Yankees as a whole. So, Rob, my question now here, uh, looking a little more big picture as, as we've seen these few months play out so far. Obviously, we still have more time left, but you have the Sox, Yankees, and Astros all up there with in the 50 wins. Obviously, the Mariners, too, but we'll focus on the three for now. Uh, who do you feel like who has the upper hand going into the last few months as we get closer to the playoffs between these three teams? Because they're obviously really close in a lot of regards. Yeah, I mean, Houston. I think Houston is, Houston is the team that, because of their starting pitching, and this is why I thought price is so important. Price is so important because the Yankees right now, as we sit here, don't really have that legitimate number two guy. Yeah, okay, you throw Sabathia against the Red Sox, he's the number two guy. But overall, he's not going to match up with the guys from Houston. And he wouldn't have been able to match up with the type of guys that David Price has been over the last six or seven starts. But when you have this, it, it doesn't really factor in. I mean, it doesn't you're you're left bumping everybody down because Price isn't part of the equation against the Yankees. So that leads me to Houston. Houston has this rotation that's unbelievable, and Dallas Keuchel isn't even rolling right now. It doesn't even matter. And then you know they're going to go out and get a reliever. Now, that could change. I mean, if, if Jay Happ goes to the Yankees, if Cole Hamels goes to the Yankees, the dynamic changes. But I still think Houston, it's hard to go into a series with Houston and think you're going to come out with four wins. Does do they have a chance if Price turns this around? I don't think he will. I, I'm not a big believer. If he can't pitch against the Yankees now, like this series to me was a big, basically testing point of the season to decide. Hey, like you know, are they going to be able to do this? Are they not going to be able to do this? And Price going up on a Sunday night baseball. This is as big of a playoff game without being at a playoff game as it was for me after all the media scrutiny because Price made it as big of a game as he was talking all week. Do can you see this team competing after after this weekend? I know it's early, but like this is a big big deal right now on Sunday night baseball that we're watching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. It's, 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 listen, I know that we we try to you know tie ourselves in the knots making these narratives about this is the biggest game and and this is the be all end all and everything else. And for all the reasons that I mentioned before with Price, it was important. If he went out and pitched you know, like seven innings and gave up four runs, it would be, okay, fine, you're moving on. But the way that he came out in the first two innings, it's so dramatically bad, you can't ignore that. Now, I'll say this, though. You go forward, you keep running him out there, you hope that he can pitch against everybody else, and, and that means something. That's, that's an impactful thing for this team. He has been a positive for this team, despite all the one-step-forward, two-step-back things in terms of after games and and 
and interviews and press conferences, all of that, that doesn't make a difference. He has been an impactful guy. And after this, I wouldn't doubt that he would be an impactful guy going forward. It's just when you get to the end of the season and you have to win a game against the New York Yankees, that's where the problem becomes. But I guess you're going to have to cross that bridge when you get to it. Right. let's move back to, uh, to the offense here. Uh, sticking with this series, uh, I think it's an interesting topic now at this point, uh, J.D. Martinez versus Giancarlo Stanton, because that was the whole offseason thing, who was going to get who and who was better, and it seems like a lot of people wanted Stanton, not J.D. So I'm curious your thoughts now here several months into the season. Uh, who, who did you think the Red Sox should get at the beginning and now talk about what has actually happened with the two of them this year? Well, you know, I think that I, I would be a hypocrite if I said, oh, well, I think it's going to be this much better than Giancarlo Stanton. But I did know this. It was only going to cost money for, for J.D. Martinez. And so that was why I said, okay, go out and get that guy. And he's been, he's been really – like we knew sort of what we were getting. Like I talked to Dave Magadan, the Arizona heading coach, uh, during the offseason, so he gave me sort of a, a primer for – what this guy was all about. You talk to other people about what he's all about. You look at the numbers and, and so forth and so on. But there's a, there are things, guys, that I did not expect with J.D. Martinez. Number one, I didn't expect he was going to be this good. And uh, just across the board, I just didn't think that he would hit the ground running in Boston. Not a lot of guys do that. And the other thing is, is that his leadership on the team, the presence that he has on the team, it makes an enormous, enormous difference to have this guy. Guys, leadership in, in baseball is, is, is the whole narrative like you have to have a, a leader. No, you have to have about four or five leaders. You have to have the leader in the pitching staff. You have to have the leader, you know, the, the, the utility guy. You have to have a guy like Pedroia. He's hurt. That's okay. He can still lead. And J.D. Martinez is a guy. He's leading by example. He's helping other guys. And He's, he's also just a voice in that clubhouse, and he's only been here for three months. He told me this is the first time he's ever got a chance to do this because you had the Tigers, a veteran team, and in Arizona you were there for a couple months. So I think he's taking advantage of it, and that was kind of the thing that I didn't really expect and I didn't see coming, and I do think that it was, it was tremendously important considering, also considering that they were still looking to fill that David Ortiz huge, huge, chasm that they had last year can you talk about then what he's done for Devers because what I've seen out of Devers like obviously he had that lull but like as of the last couple weeks I feel like he's turned it around and what I've been seeing is a lot of credit to JD working with him uh, behind the scenes yeah well that's the weird thing guys I mean that they JD's name is brought up completely random by these guys it's, you know, you can do a story, you can go and say, hey, how has J.D. Martinez helped you? And they'll talk about it. But almost everybody, Devers, Mookie, you know, go down the line, Core mentions it. Just, oh, yeah, he's working with Tim Hires, working with Andy Barquette, and working with J.D. I mean, it was like, well, you didn't need to throw in J.D. We didn't expect that, but if you say so. And Devers, when he's talking, he's talking the other day about this. He's like, he just brings up, yeah, I've been working with J.D., I mean, it is it is sort of bizarre because I don't remember a player being cited by his teammates as much as J.D. Martinez is when it comes to helping them. And I think it's a genuine thing. And, and, and you know, listen, J.D. Martinez is a young man still, relatively. But to these guys, you know, he, he is a veteran. I think that, you know, he's a, 
he's the second oldest active player right now after Mitch Moreland. And so it's just sort of evolved into this. And, and I think Devers is one of the many, many guys he's really, really helped. Speaking of veterans, uh, the Sox just got Steve Pierce. Um, so I'm curious. He's uh, 35, I believe. Uh, what do you what do you think that move is all about? And obviously, you got a couple of hits in his first couple of bats here. So how do you think he's going to be able to help this team? That, that's right. You know what? Thank you for correcting me because I told my whole like my whole thing about JD Martinez being the second oldest guy. <laughs> now he's the third oldest guy. Yeah. I, I totally didn't factor that in. So that's good. But you know, it's funny. You know, I was like, I was, uh, I was talking to someone. I'm sort of like taking a. I took this week off from doing my own podcast. I'm like, who, you know, because you know, you do these podcasts with players, and and it's it's during the season can be hard because they don't give you a, a ton of time. You, you know, you're very fortunate if you can carve out a bunch of time, and a lot of times you really have to do your best to get something out of them. And you look around the clubhouse. All right, done that guy. Done that guy. Done that guy. Like and now I want to do one with Pierce. I've only talked to him twice now, but I think he's a pretty interesting guy. And I think he, he you you look at obviously what he delivers. I think it's okay. I mean, I don't think he's going to be an enormous game changer. He had a good game in first game, okay. But I think he he has that sort of attitude that we've seen guys come in and have. And and he and for me, for our purposes, he's sort of an interesting guy to talk to. When you get that with veterans, you get when you're in the mid thirties, you sort of you're you're confident in yourself, so that's good for us. And yeah, so I think that uh, I think that he's a good addition, not not a world beater, but you, know, you gave him nothing for him, really. I mean, we don't really think they gave up nothing, and so you needed someone like that. So it's good guys, any. So then, I've heard a lot, and like I think we've seen this everywhere now. People are talking about like platooning with Mitch Moreland. Just what does the Pierce addition mean for Mitch Moreland's playing time? Because people are like, oh, he's really good at left against lefties. I'm like, well, Mitch Moreland's having a phenomenal year. I don't want to take him off the field. Yeah, well, the, the weird thing about this is that is that you have Mitch Moreland, who since Hanley Ramirez was DFA'd, actually hit better against lefties than he hit righties. You have Steve Pierce, who has had a good year against lefties, but last year he was really bad against lefties. So, you know, I know that that's what they're saying now, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Mitch Moreland gets high. You're going to see Mitch Moreland stay in there more times than not. But I do, I do get it. I mean, I get you. I, that's the thing that didn't really add up with the handling stuff. And all the other stuff aside, who was the backup first baseman? Mitch Moreland plays hard, but he gets hurt. I mean, and so if he got hurt, who was your guy? Adam Lind? You know, no. Uh, you know, Brock Holt? Blake Swihart? Does Sam Travis is having a terrible year? You know, so you didn't have a logical guy there. And that's something that they had to do. And, and you know, so that's where I think Pierce falls in. He's a security blanket. And, and if Moreland does slump against lefties, and then he's a guy to fill in. Rob, switching over to the pitching in a little bit here. Um, I just saw a report right before we came on air on air here that uh, Tyler Thornburg actually might come back like this week, which is a shock because he hasn't pitched in forever. Uh, so what do you, what do you see his role being if he, of course, if he stays healthy? You know, we'll see what happens with that. But do you think he's going to be a seventh inning guy, eighth inning guy? Or are they going to start him like way earlier? What do you see his role being once he finally comes back? Well, the, the interesting thing. So we talked before the game tonight. And it's clearly he's getting a little impatient because he, you know, he's been pitching now in the minor league for a little bit. And 
And the whole thing is he, he hasn't been consistent enough to, to jump in back with the, the relievers and say, absolutely, we can rely on you. Now he's, I feel like he's getting, he feels like he's at that point, and that's why we're here this week. He's probably going to come back. And I think they're going to be careful because this is sort of what you did with Carson Smith to a certain extent. You just said, all right, we think that he's healthy, and he's going to be the same guy he was in Seattle. Well, we think that Tyler Thornburg's healthy, so he's going to be the same guy he was in Milwaukee. The guy hasn't pitched in a major league game in forever. So to think that he's just going to be your solution in the eighth inning, I think that's kind of disingenuous. But I think he can help. But I just think you really, really got to know what you got before you start putting him in high-level situations. Do they believe that he can be that eighth inning guy right now, though? Like, what, what are they thinking? Like, when they're bringing him back, because I, I personally, Rob, don't trust this bullpen as far as I can throw Joe Kelly. Um, I only trust Craig Kimbrell. So, why? Well, no, well, like, no one throws they, Joe Kelly, clearly. That, that's yes. true. No, only Joe Kelly throws other people. So, <laughs> yeah. what are we, like, what are they thinking? Like, if they're bringing him back now, do they, are they going to slot him right in the eighth inning guy, like, inning? Like, no, 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 no. They'll, they'll ease him in. And and they still, it's not like they don't have anybody there. And they still feel like that even though he, these guys make you uncomfortable and make us uncomfortable and everybody uncomfortable, they, they still feel like they have some guys who can pitch in the eighth inning with Kelly and Barnes. But I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think they need somebody there. And I don't know if it's Thornburg, but he'll get a chance eventually. He'll give a chance to work into that role where he'll start – Initially, I mean, I think he'll start in low-leverage situations. They're not stupid enough where they're just going to say, hey, go get him, be what you were in Milwaukee, you're the eighth inning guy. They just aren't going to do that. And so, and so when we talk about the trade deadline, guys, I mean, I think that it really is. You have to wait this out, and that's okay. That's okay because you know what? It is going to be a, is going to be a buyer's market. You can get to the end of the trade deadline, and there are going to be a ton of teams looking to get rid of a lot of these guys. So you can wait it out, see what you have, and then go from there. Rob, I want to put you on the spot here with your crystal ball. I know we still got a little ways to go, and we haven't had the trade deadline yet, but as we sit here and watch Red Sox-Yankees, if you could predict today who is going to win this division, who are you picking? Oh, wow. As we as we sit here and watch the Red Sox get torched by the Yankees <laughs> in two or three, it's a... Uh, you know, it's like it's, this is a reactionary business, isn't it? I mean, we have to, we have to, we have to. It's like this is, I was talking with someone about today about covering baseball, how tricky it can be because you're expected to write a story after every game, and and you have these things like, oh, like we're talking about Price, oh, he's a disaster, he's a disaster. Where the baseball season is so long, he could like, you know, he could turn it around, and in the next start, we could be talking about, oh, look at how he turned around, he's going to be a help. So it's a tricky, tricky thing. Um, I just think that the, Red, the the Yankees, the Yankees, what they need at the trade deadline is so defined, which is another top-notch starting pitcher. Then I think that that is going to lead them to get one of these guys. And if they do get one of these guys, I think that they get the upper hand, particularly because of we talk about tonight. We talk about price. This is a big difference. This is a big difference. You needed. You need a guy to go up against whatever guy the Yankees were going to get. You need a guy to go up against Jay Happ or Cole Hamels. Maybe Porcello can be the guy. Maybe Rodriguez can be the guy. But they need a guy, and the guy they were relying on to do that really was was terrible. Tonight. <laughs> um, 
Speaking of the guys, like you have two guys in the DL, Stephen Wright and Drew Pomeranz, who both you know have been had success here and now are hurt. Can either of those two guys bounce back to what they were in previous seasons, especially with Drew Pomeranz and what he did last year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think so. I mean, we don't. It's going to be interesting to see where those guys slot in if they are healthy. So we're going to find out about Stephen Wright's knee here in this week. We're going to find out Drew Pomerantz is going on a rehab assignment. He was he threw well in his, his simulated game. You have to start with potential, and and both of those guys have potential, so that's a good thing. But it, it, it's still uh, you're getting to the point in the year where you have to figure out all right, how much longer can we wait for the potential? If Drew Pomerantz is Drew Pomerantz. If Drew Pomerantz comes back, you give him two starts and he's bad in both starts, and Stephen Wright is healthy. You can't leave Drew Pomerantz there. You can't just be saying, "Hey, okay, yo, he did. He used to be good, so we're going to keep doing this." No, you you got to put him in the bullpen. You got to see what he can give you there, and you go from there. So I I think that both guys. I'll say this: I, I think that both guys will help the Red Sox this year. And what role? I don't know. And and when it's going to happen, I don't know. But I think that these are two guys that that they're pretty lucky to have if they can get him healthy and going again. All right, Rob, one more for me before I let you get back to that debacle of a, of a baseball game. Um, Dustin yeah. Pedroia, just your take on him. What's going on there? Does he play before the playoffs? Does he come back this year? Just what are you seeing, if anything new? Well, I mean, he's. I, I, I wish you asked that question about, like, 24 hours from now. <laughs> because, because you know, he's – I think this trip to the doctor is going to be huge. And, and it was weird – when he went back on the DL and they go, you know, obviously you have a setback. This is a major surgery, but they keep saying the inflammation isn't down. The inflammation isn't down. And, and it's been over a month. So that's why they're going back to the doctor. Like a lot of, I think the easy narrative with Pedroia is he's done. He's, he's not coming back. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about this surgery I know that he's confident he's coming back, but he was confident he was coming back last time. And the whole thing about, oh, you know, no one's come back in seven months and look at me and what I did, this and that. Well, you know, that's, there's a reason no one came back in seven months. And I think that he learned that. But I still wouldn't put it past them to coming back and doing something. But, but they, they just have to get find out exactly what's going on there and then go from there. And, and you know, because if they are able to get any semblance of him back a healthy Bedroia, then it's a good thing for this team. Like it, it stretches everybody out. Nunez was a better player in that week that Bedroia played. So, uh, you know, I, to answer your question, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to get, have to get the MRI and the doctor's note and everything else because until we find out exactly what's going on that knee, then it's, uh, it's impossible to say he's done or he's not done. I will double back to your Twitter as soon as I find out what's going on to get the real answer. <laughs> yes, yeah. Can we edit this? Can we like you can like I got like then drop this part in and say this is Rob Bradford and I just found out that Dustin Droy's knee is wrecked by Doctor <laughs> Riley Williams. Uh, yeah. man, uh, we can do our best, Rob. We can do our best. All right, Rob Bradford, WEI, WEI.com. Appreciate you hopping on, Rob. We'll get you back to Sunday Night Baseball and uh, hopefully talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thanks so much, and once again, congratulations on everything. Thank you. Much appreciated. All right, Rob Bradford, right. WEI. Appreciate it, Rob. Um, obviously, love having Rob on. He's a good guy. Good guy, Rob Bradford. Um, 
of Bradford was brought to you by our good friends of him. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. The thing is, when you start to notice your hair loss, guys, it's way too late. It's easier to keep the hair you have rather than to replace the hair you've lost. And I ask you guys, do you want a bald spot or a pop-up, or do you want something to do about it first? So, check it out. The solution is for hims.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. It connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss, well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair it's super easy. It's a few quick questions you got to answer. A doctor will review and prescribe you. Products are shipped directly to your door. Um, I definitely recommend this product. It definitely works. It works wonders for everybody they have as a client. So check it out now. Our listeners will go take a free trial of Hims for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. It's a trial month for $5. You see website for full details. This would cost hundreds of dollars, guys, if you went to the doctor on a pharmacy. Get that first trial month for $5. You go to hymns.com slash socks. Again, that's for hymns, F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash socks, for hymns.com slash socks. Okay, Let, let's move on here. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, before we get out of here, I just want to get our takes on the David Price situation, and then we'll do predictions and get the hell out of here for the week. Um, Jess, it's been a while since you were able to give us your opinion on Red Sox baseball. Uh, first of all, congratulations, obviously, on having a child. Uh, that's kind of kind of a big deal. Um, David I've been Price. I'm trying to keep up here, not not as well as I uh, as I want to, but <laughs> honestly, some of us don't keep up as well as we should, and we don't have a kid to have an excuse, so it's fine. Um, David Price, we're watching this game right now. I actually have turned it off because I just can't. Like I, I need to focus on this now, uh, or I'll get way too angry. This guy is a pain in all of our rear ends. He decides to talk up one of the biggest starts of his season, if not the biggest start of his season, talking about, oh, maybe I won't be there because of Fortnite, blah, 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 blah. Well, you better pitch your ass off if you are going to come at me with that. And now he gives up six runs in two innings. This game is a laugher on national TV. And the only thing worse than David Price right now, Jess, on this game, is Jess Mendoza. (laughs) I know you're not a huge fan of her. Yeah, um, well, the annoying thing, first of all, I guess, for this whole series is that they've all been blowouts, and I'm sure nobody wanted that as a fan. You got a you know an eight to one game, an eleven nothing game, and now six nothing here in the fourth. So, so that's garbage. And nice job, David Price, blowing this after you had the momentum with your eleven nothing win last night. So that that part's annoying to me. Two, yes, he, I will, I, I shouldn't say I wouldn't care, but I almost wouldn't care if he pitched poorly, if he just shut up. This would not be as bad as it seems if he didn't say those stupid things after his last start. Well, That's no, all you, it is to me. You know? even saw Rob just said it. He just said it. He said he made it a bigger start than it needed to be. And yeah. it's so true because, if he, like you said, yeah. if he shuts up, no one's talking about this. It's like, oh, well, David Price sucks. Whatever. It's in New York. We'll move on. Well, the thing is, like, people have short memories. If he didn't say anything about this start, some people probably would have forgot that he hasn't pitched well against the Yankees. Yeah. Like, the season's long enough. You have enough starts. He's been really good recently. He's had, you know, seven, eight straight really good starts. So people maybe even forgot that. And then he has to bring it up. Oh, maybe I won't show up. Maybe we'll play Fortnite. Like, shut up. Why are you talking about this? Why are you bringing it up? Why are you being sarcastic? Why do you want everyone to hate you? You're stupid. You're pitching well. Just go out there and pitch. And if you don't pitch well, then we'll talk about it. But why bring it up before the game starts? It's the stupidest thing. And it's been his whole problem his whole career here. Because he talks too much, and he's just not smart. Does he know where he is? This is Boston. People jump all over everything you do. Yeah. 
so why would you say stuff and and fuel the flame? He just gave up another home run. My God! Of course, of course he did. Okay, so um, <laughs> clearly we're not a little we're we're a little bitter as we record this week. Um, David Price needs will never figure it out. And now my concern is, I, can Drew, I don't think they're going to get a starting pitcher at the at the deadline, Jess. I just don't think they are because they have enough in their system. They have so many options already. They have so many options. Yeah. That, you know, they don't need it. It's just a matter of can Drew Pomeranz come back. Stephen Wright, I, I don't know if I want to count on him 100. percent we and know he was what, so good though until that last start. We know what Drew Pomerantz oh. was last year. I I, I I want him to come back and do it because if you can get him to do what he was doing last year and combine him with what's going on right now, I mean, look, as much as we're crapping on David Price right now, he's been good for the last about month, and it hasn't <laughs> been as bad as everyone's making it out to be. And look, I'm intrigued to see how he bounces back. Um, he's going to start in the next week. It's against Kansas City, so that should be no problem. He'll, he'll, look, he'll be fine because he's not facing the Yankees, yeah, and he'll look like a genius, <laughs> and then he'll be fine. And it's just it is what it is, but. Now you have a game on national TV, and he comes in here and does this. Now we need to move forward and see, okay, what do you do after this? Are you going to come back and pitch fine? Probably. I don't have any doubt in my mind, and, and Bradford was right. No doubt in my mind, he comes back and is great for every other start, or most other starts he does, except for the Yankees. And I don't know what it is. Um, maybe he just doesn't like the pressure. I'm sure he doesn't. But he's going to be fine, Just I really do. I just think the matter of can you avoid the Yankees in the playoffs, and you're probably not going to be able to do that. Well, I like what I like what Rob Bradford said about this topic about how it's so reactionary, and you know, this day you're writing this, and then a week later you're writing something completely different, which is totally true. And I'm sure he'll be fine most of the rest of the season. But the lingering issue and the problem with him, and why we're talking about this, and why we continue to talk about this over and over and over again, is one: the Yankees and two: the playoff stuff. Those aren't going to go away, and those are just going to get more hyped up as they get closer and as they happen. So yes, he can be good the rest of the year and everything. But as long as he can't pitch against the Yankees or in the playoffs, that's never going to stop being a topic. And, you know, yes, for being reactionary currently in a 7 nothing game where he's given up three home runs against the Yankees, but we have sample size. This has happened many times. Especially the playoff the, thing. Especially the playoff right. thing. That's the concern. So, yes, it's reactionary, but also it's just a fact. Yeah, you know, at this point, it's not really reactionary. It is fact. Um, so yeah. you question it. You say, okay, how do we move forward? Um Justin, before we get to predictions and get out of here, I'm curious because this kind of ties into the price storyline. What do we think is the as we come in here? You know, July Fourth, nation's capital's birthday is coming up. You know, we're in, we're in, we're actually in Washington for the July Fourth week. Like seriously, yeah, like that's, that's crazy. Right. That that how often does that happen? Um, <laughs> for if you're the Red Sox anyway. And wh- what's our biggest storyline? Like, well, there's a lot of things going on with this team right now. Thornburg and the bullpen, the starting rotation. Can the offense in the bottom half of the offense keep it up? Devers has been the stud in the last couple weeks here. So what is your biggest storyline as we sit here and in a couple days here preaching and it's July 4th week? What's your storyline? I mean, my storyline, I mean, I like big picture more, especially in baseball because there is so many games and it's such a long season and I hate overreactions for the most part and I – crap on people who All do right, that. Let me change the storyline thing. Then. Let me change the storyline wording. Your biggest concern as we sit here going <laughs> I even into July say anything yet. <laughs> I, I know what you're going. You're going to go big picture. So I want well, you to fine tooth comb. I want you a toothbrush. Predict what I was going to say. Well, I just don't know if this team can really hang with the Yankees or the Red Sox long term until the deadline. And the deadline is going to be your buffer. I was actually, oh my God, he just go up another home run. No, he didn't. Yep. David Eight Price, nine. stop wow, it. This guy blows. All right. <laughs> There's your live back reaction. What, <laughs> back what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, uh, no, what I was going to say was my storyline right now is consistency, just how consistent this team's been all season long and how they still have the best record in the majors up to this point, even with 
the minor issues they've had. I love that. That's my good storyline. You clearly want me to talk about concerns, so I'll move to that now. <laughs> <laughs> I had to reward it because I knew you you weren't going to go with concern. As soon as I said that, my like, crap, he's not going to go the way I want him to go. i got to change the wording there. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I'm all about that. Um, yeah, I would say I have confidence in the starters just because I feel like we have enough sample size that they've all been good at different points except Price in the playoffs. But besides that, um, so yeah, I'm going to stick with the bullpen. And I feel weird saying that because they've been good and they have a good ERA and they were good last year. So I don't necessarily even believe what I'm saying. But kind of what you were going along with is just like, who do you fully trust besides Kimbrell? I trust all the guys like as a whole. But if you're bringing a particular guy in in a particular big spot, like a Joe Kelly or Matt Barnes or you know Thornburg when that happens, how much do you trust those guys? I'm not sure. So I just want a little more like confidence, and whether that's getting big outs in a big game or waiting till the playoffs and seeing how they pitch in the playoffs. I don't know what it is. I'm not even sure what I want because they are good. But yeah, you don't feel like fantastic unless Kimbrell's in. So I guess that would be my concern. I'm right there with you. Um, I think yeah. the biggest thing is, I, is. I think the, I think you're the right thing. It's the the numbers are there, and this that's the biggest argument I hate. And you hear it, and I think you explained it well enough that I don't hate you for saying the numbers. But like, there are a lot of arguments out there. Well, oh well, they're fine, guys. They're fine because they're one of the statistically they're one of the best uh, bullpens in baseball. I don't care. I don't care because. When you have to roll up your sleeves, I have to throw Joe Kelly out there in the eighth inning in Houston or in the Bronx in a tight game. What happens? Most times he's going to curl up in, a, in, in the field position. They all are. Do you trust Matt Barnes? No. Do you trust any of these guys? Absolutely not. And I don't even say I'm not saying I trust Tyler Thornburg because I don't even know what he's going to be. But like right now, if I have to give the ball to one person every time, it'd be Craig Kimbrell. I wish his arm was made up of great steel or metal. Because if it was, then they, he could just pitch every game. Because he's literally the only guy I trust. Now, do I think they'll be fine for the rest of the year? Of course they will, because the league has a talent problem. And most of the teams they're playing aren't good. So the numbers are going to look great, because you're playing the Kansas Cities. You're, you're in the, one of the worst divisions in baseball, because these teams aren't good. The American League is not good. The playoff race is decided, Jess. Like, there's five teams, and there are, we already know who's going to be in, like, in the playoffs, for the most part. So yeah, that's true. There's no talent here. So, yeah, the numbers are going to look great because they're playing garbage. It's can they do it in on the road because they're probably not going to have home field um, coming out of a wild card game because I don't think they'll win the division. But Ooh. it comes out – and I just kind of threw that in there. But, like, <laughs> it comes into a point where can these guys do it on the road? No. Can David Price do it in the Bronx? That's another side story. No. Like, can these pitchers you have on the staff do it on the road? Absolutely not. I don't trust it. And that's where we're going to leave it because um, – I'm intrigued to see what they do with the deadline. I think they need a bullpen arm. If they can add a bullpen arm at the deadline, plus Tyler Thornburg coming back and being somewhat half of a shell, that's okay. That's a good addition. Yeah. And then you figure it out. So before we get out of here for the week, let's do quick predictions here. You have at three uh, in Washington and on Kansas City on the, this week. So in the road, um, one na- another national TV game. Yay, but it's Rick Porcello this time. Um, what do we got this week, Jess? you got a, a pretty decent series coming up. You're in D.C., Nation's capital, nation's birthdays this week. Um, what do you got going on with those three games? Well, you know, they're not very good this year. They're 42 and 40. They're 19 and 20 at home. That's pathetic. And that's obviously where the games are being played at their home. So um, I feel pretty good about the series because, you know, as everyone knows, while I was gone, they played really well. I mean, they swept the Angels in a pathetic series. The Angels are 
garbage against the Red Sox, and then really good wins against the Mariners. Uh, it was a good good stretch of games they put together. So minus this series of getting blown out twice against the Yankees with a huge blowout themselves in between, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about the team. And when you're playing a 42-40 and 40 team, and I don't know that much about the Nationals because they're in the National League, but you got to feel good looking at all the things that you're looking at. So I say win two out of three against the Nationals. Um, I have them... Winning two out of three, too, I'm going to be boring there just because I think your, your Brian Johnson starts the tough one um, mm. because he's kind of that fill-in role. But, you know, him and Velasquez uh, do a good job kind of going back-to-back and kind of doing that platoon start. So maybe you do win that game. I don't know. I also wouldn't be surprised if maybe you lose two out of three just because th- that's kind of the way this has been going. But um, I have them winning two out of three. I'm, I'm, I'll agree with there. And then three against Kansas City on the road. If you don't sweep this series with Sale, Price, and Porcello pitching, you guys should just quit now and play in the wild card game and hopefully you win that game because you have your <laughs> three best starters, Jess, going against one of the worst teams in the game in the entire league. You should win these games handedly. Yeah, the uh, Royals are uh, neck and neck with the the, Ro- uh, the the Royals and the Orioles are neck and neck. Uh, they're, the, the Royals are one game better at 25 and 58. When do they get so bad? Wow, they have a negative 158 run differential. They're 11 and 29 at home. You know, I love my stats. Those are absolutely garbage stats. You have to sweep the series. I mean, I don't care that you're on the road. You're the best team in the major leagues, and you're playing a team that's 25 and 58 who doesn't know how to play baseball anymore. So I would be shocked if you don't sweep the series, and they better. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, man. Five and one. Yeah, seriously. It's, it's not a bad thing if they go five and one this week. And it'll, buy, and it'll make us all forget about David Price. It really will. I'm, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. Um, all right, we'll leave it there. Rob Bradford, of course. Big shout out to him coming on from WEEI. Uh, obviously, big shout out to uh, Chuck Deets for the new intro music we got going on there as well here on CLNS Media. Don't forget to follow us at Red Sox CLNS, CLNS Media on Twitter as well as the network. And uh, we'll be back next week. That's Jess Thomas over there, newborn aside. New father. Congratulations, sir. Uh, Jared Scally over here. We'll be back next week, hopefully with new guests. We're on this train lately. We'll see if we can hop on Sunday yeah. night. We'll see what's going on. But uh, hopefully the Red Sox are, uh, are winning. And happy 4th of July, everyone. Stay safe. Have a blast. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.